This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, I think the expression is in flagrante delecto. We're in the <laughs> midst of game week 19. And uh-huh. here's the deal. Yeah. Yeah. We're more than halfway through game week 19. And of all 20 teams in the league, only four have completed 19 matches of this yeah. season. So COVID-19 has run riot all over the league schedule, the league table, And we think that we're halfway through the season, but we're just even getting close to halfway through the season. It's wild. And uh, yeah, credit to uh, Shrewsbury, by the way, for... um for kind of upending everybody's plans. Um, apparently there's like stories about like they actually just partied super hard over the holidays to the point where there were like warnings in the local paper, like, Hey, you better be careful. And it turned out like the entire team got COVID. And is there going to be yeah. like a sequel to 24 hour party people where it moves from <laughs> Manchester to the small yeah. hamlet of Shrewsbury, where it's just, yeah. it's a huge club scene, lots of big music, lots of drugs and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> it must be. I mean, yeah. Next time we go, to the uk we're, we're actually i think we just get an airbnb in shrewsbury because clearly it's party central <laughs> yeah. uh but that that ended up getting the lead southampton match moved because um uh credit to the to the fa cup i mean they were able to you know heaven and earth must be moved uh to get shrewsbury a match brandon a lot of credit, influence a lot credit, of influence credit to them so um it meant that leads uh, uh, uh southampton's uh, double got moved which affected a lot of us i i was especially affected by it because i had planned for weeks to have my three Leeds players and it just sort of threw things off a little. Of course, I had them still, but I just didn't have them for the double. And yeah. you know, it's just not as as valuable uh, if you just have the one fixture. You want the the whole the whole point of loading up a double players is it's it's a gambling. <laughs> it's a it's there's an element of gamble to it, right? You're like, well, maybe one doesn't work out, but the other one will, and it'll balance out, right? Sure, you're you're trying to yeah to, to go off of your gambling analogy, set up a perfect poker hand, and for your odds pre-flop to be as best they can right and i guess either you had a bad bad hand pre-flop because of the leads shrewsbury situation 
or it was just a bad flop. I'm not sure yeah. what's going yeah. on here, Josh. I don't know either. And, you know, and so it, it's just, it's just, like you said, it's a weird one. Uh, the weekend was not good for my team, uh, at all, but, uh, tripled my rank, but, but I tripled my rank and I was at 30, I was at 33 K, right? So now I'm, uh, I guess I'm at like 87. So well, not quite me, triple. But. Give me the rundown on what your team effectively looked like ahead of game week, 19 yeah. doubles and your decision process going into the deadline. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's just I had uh, Rodrigo and Bamford uh, as my two forwards up front. And once they lost their double, I just didn't want it felt like I didn't want all my eggs in the Leeds Brighton basket. If I had two matches, OK, fine. Like that, maybe that works out you know, reasonably yeah. well. And, right. my, and my defense, too, was going to be um, Dallas, Kufal and Trent. Right. So kind of, a you know, Dallas, I mean, Dallas on the double at home, I thought that was a, you know, great opportunity. Um, and so it just, it just sort of threw off my starting 11 a little bit. And I think I, I kind of panicked, um, as a result, you know, and uh-huh. I, I really wasn't planning to bench boost, but, um, you know, and then I had Taylor as well and, you know, Taylor got injured too. And so it, it just sort of threw off, um, you know, and that, that one's just like an injury that's going to happen. But, um, and so then I was, I, I just wasn't quite sure what to do. And so I ended up moving, Son to uh, Suchek and moving um, uh, Rodrigo to to Vardy and yeah. uh, both players blank. Suchek got a yellow. Vardy had um, an incredibly frustrating match, which you know it's going to happen. But uh, you know it's just unfortunate because some of the simpler moves that I could have made, uh, Charlie Taylor to John Stones um, and Rodrigo. Could you have done to- that for free, Taylor to Stones? I think I could have. I think Taylor just dropped. I think I could have. I had 0. 0.5 in the bank. Okay. I think at the time, Taylor was 4.5, and, and Stones, was five. Stones just went up today for the first time. Um, or I could have moved. Um, I could have moved Rodrigo to um, Antonio, too. So I could have done that one for free as well. And, um, you know, and so we all play the hindsight. I don't want to play the hindsight game too much, but it was just sort of, I got like a little like stars in my eyes. Like I want yeah. the perfect players, you know, for the game yeah. week. And, right. um, and Suchek is just kind of a funny one in hindsight too. Cause you're like, I could have kind of just had Gundawan. like <laughs> Gundawan got like the same as Suchek now. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's like, we all have Suchek fever. Then you watch the game and you're like, I think he touched the ball once, you know, but of course they play, they play, um, uh, West Brom in a couple of well, days. Well, I think you could liken know. a player like Suchek to Vardy where all it takes is one touch for Vardy. All it takes is one touch sure. for Suchek. Sure. Suchek plays in the defensive midfield, granted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, it becomes a very complicated situation in that Suchek is a player that I think, Josh, you're going to want for the midterm. He's great value yeah. at his price point. It's just not really happening during this double, unfortunately. Totally. And, you know, the way it works out, I have three Aston Villa players. So I, I effectively have 13 players left to play plus Captain Salah. So, yeah. um, so much you know, could you, happen. Yeah, exactly. And in the John Stones getting 20, that's just one of those, um, you know, congrats to John Stones owners. I mean, you know, obviously, but, um, you know, and Diaz getting 11 too. I mean, I, th- I think not having the, uh, the Man City defenders was what really um was what really hurt and so you know we'll, we'll see what happens uh yeah, it's fine i'm still in the top 100k i'm at 86k overall uh not a bad spot to be with with 13 players and yeah. a captain left to go in the game week uh, you know i i think by the end of it um you know i will hopefully at least be um around even you know where i yeah. was and i i didn't burn a, a you know i didn't burn my triple captain i didn't burn uh the uh bench boost so i you know i feel like i still have a lot of 
um, ways to make up ground later on. So, uh, but you're you're kind of you know the, sort of the rule of this podcast is neither of us have a good game week. Um, the same week, sometimes <laughs> yeah. we both have bad game weeks, but we never both have <laughs> we never both have good game weeks. No. I'm not quite sure why that is. I'm we here representing. I'm I'm representing all the bench boosters out there listening and. Yep. I had a very – I think it's really hard to explain the rationale for ba- bench boosting without going player by player through your squad because I think it is like a ripple effect, like this player, that player, and so on. And when I look at my squad to say what was the impact of the bench boost, I don't know how easy is it to say because when you set your team – when you set your starting 11 when you're playing a bench boost – I think that it is impacted by a playing of a bench boost where yeah. there is not a huge amount of pressure for me to decide, do I play James Justin in my starting 11 or not? Which is actually one of the reasons why I played my bench boost. I didn't want to have to make that decision. And I was in this position where I had not overextended myself with leads. I had Bamford and Dallas granted. And I did think that that, Brighton fixture was appealing enough to consider my Leeds players. Mm-hmm. I had James Justin versus Sufal and Target. Who am I going to start versus bench? And yeah. the bench boost helped me avoid that uh, situation. And then where the bench boost really came into play for me was Harrison Reed mm-hmm. finally kind of synced with the starting 11 for Fulham. Yep. I knew he's not a great fantasy asset, but he's going to get two fixtures. And then I look at my goalkeeper position. And I think this is an interesting point of conversation for bench boost. If you haven't even played your bench boost yet, it's a it's a real point where you have to consider, do you play or do you not? And I had the money to bring in Ederson to replace Steele, a non-playing goalkeeper. And if I trigger my bench boost, then I have Mendy for Chelsea with a double fixture mm-hmm. uh, and then Ederson with a double as well. And that's ultimately what allowed me to play that bench boost and it's worked out remarkably of the fact that Ederson and Mendy both come away from their first fixtures with clean sheets. I feel like the bench boost has already earned out. Oh, totally. So, 18 points with, uh, with three, with, with three of those players still to play a second match. I mean, I think that's honestly about as well as a bench boost can work out, you know, so definitely justified. I think I was on the podcast last week, Sour Grapes, because I was robbed last minute of clean sheets from Diaz and Justin. And here I am in the midst of game week 19, really reaping the benefits of clean sheets from and bonus from Diaz and Justin. So that feels incredibly gratifying. So 68 points with a minus four. I'm feeling great heading into the remaining fixtures of game week 19. And for me, all uh, representing the bench boosters, I'm also representing the rank climbers out there. So I'm looking at a, a yet another green arrow. I'm, right now I'm at 657K. For those of you who've been following Always Cheating this season, I've been in the doldrums of seven-digit yeah. ranks for the entire yeah. season. You've, you've been everywhere, man. Like, like the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I have, yeah, all around the world looking for my baby. So... Uh, yeah, it's shaping up to be a really nice bench boost for me this week. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm, I was happy for you and, um, I mean, it's, I, I, I mean, I think you've been on green arrows, what, like it must be like 10 or 11, 10 out of 11 game weeks or something like that. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, the, the green arrows are easier to come by when you start from 3.6 million, but, but, (laughs) but, you know, but still, I mean, you know, be that as it may, I mean, now, you know, I think, uh, hundred K is definitely in play. 
Um, and that's that's maybe something that would have been harder to I hope so. say there a is, few weeks ago. And you're familiar with this perspective, Josh. Like there is no better feeling uh, for an FPL manager when you feel like you're operating from a position of clarity. And I, at the moment, I feel like I have clarity, whether it's for what I expect from fixtures or what I expect from my team. And so yeah. that, that feels really good. Yeah. Well, I, I know that feeling. Um, I felt that way after game week 18, my free hit went really well and I was at 33 K now that I'm at 86 clay, I have no clarity and I feel mm-hmm. like I've never been good at fantasy. And uh, you know, this is the classic. It's all a dream. Yeah. It's all, uh, yeah. You, you completely forget what a bad game week is like, uh, until you have one again, you know, and you're like, Oh, right. No, this is like, you question every decision you've ever made. Um, you know, you're like, look at this junk team. Anyway, it's so, the, it's the yeah. John Stones effect. <laughs> one minute you're the best player on Everton and suddenly you're the worst player in Manchester city. Yeah. Then you wake up two years later and suddenly you're the best defender in all of England. So <sighs> Couldn't That's... believe he scored twice. <laughs> what an insane. Yeah, Same. and quite an interesting performance from Crystal Palace. And you know, I'm glad that the theme of this week's pod, Brandon, is a our mid-season review. Yeah. The always the always treating podcast looks, this is an annual podcast. We've done this for many, many years. We take a look at every team in the Premier League. We talk about the biggest surprise. And the biggest disappointment, Brandon, we often do MVPs, but I think that's boring. So we're going to jump right to the the one, the player who surprised us and the player who let us down. And so we're going to go through all 20 teams. We're going to do that in just one second. Let's take a quick break and then we'll get into it. Uh, Brandon, a quick break, just to say thank you to our patrons, new Lord Sorloth patrons this week, Harrison Forstater, uh, Joachim Thor Kildson, Torstreen Steva. Brandon, you may, some of these may be Norwegian names, Brandon, because uh, <laughs> we did have our first Norwegian guest on the yeah. uh, t- uh, Patreon pod, so thank you. Yeah, with a very non-Norwegian name, Sam Danby. Big props to <laughs> Sam Danby Bailey for being the Englishman based in Norway who came on our recent Patreon pod. And I think he influenced yeah. some of his, his neighbors to become Patreon supporters. <laughs> and also Andy at Let's Talk FPL became a Pookie patron. Big ups to Andy. We love your channel at Let's Talk FPL. We appreciate your support. If you want more information about what it is to support Always Cheating, visit us at patreon.com slash alwayscheating. And what you get in terms of thanking us for the free podcast that we put out every week is more FPL content. We give you a second podcast to all Patreon supporters, as well as access to our Slack channel for conversations with other dedicated fantasy managers and access to Rate My Teams and input from me and Josh. And also at the higher tiers, you get swag like T-shirts and all that stuff. So again, it's patreon.com slash cheating. All right, Brad, we're back. Mid-season review. Again, no MVPs here. What's the fun in that? Biggest surprise, biggest disappointment for all 20 teams. We're going to do this team by team. We may not have a great answer for some of these. I'm not sure there is a great surprise for, oh, West I don't Brown? know, Burnley. Yeah, there's a couple. <laughs> um, but let's, 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 let's go, we're going to go A through uh, whatever, W. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let's start with Arsenal, as, as we always do. One of these days, this is like the kid whose name is like Aaron Aronson, who always gets you know, picked for <laughs> sure. Eventually, we're going to have to flip these things around. Best, you know, lock, best yeah. locker position in the hallway for Aaron Aronson. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right, so Arsenal, uh, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment. Uh, 
I think surprise-wise, um, well, actually, why don't you go first, Brandon? Who do you think is the biggest surprise disappointment? I suppose the biggest surprise for Arsenal, and there's some recency bias built in here because he's taken a few leaps in the last month, but Kieran Tierney, hmm. we kind of knew when he came from Celtic to Arsenal that he had a ton of potential and he was billed as the next Andy Robertson and Robbo was the only person you know, blocking him from uh, being blooded in, in the Scotland starting lineup. Mm-hmm. But my God, he has really come to life yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the last month for Arsenal. And I think there are a, a couple other players in line for biggest surprises where I I think about having Bakari Saka in my starting 11 with my FPL team in game week one, and he doesn't even start. And this is a huge disappointment for me. Only yeah. waiting for the last month where he becomes a fixture in that starting 11. So I think Saka could be in that conversation for biggest surprises, even though we were kind of anticipating that. So for you, is Tierney, is Tierney that guy too? Well, you know, it's funny. I was I was thinking Saka, and then um, you know, Leno is actually uh, fifth overall for goalkeepers right now. Uh, he's at um, he has seventy three points in the season, and I think that's with a you know at least one. I mean, one fixture in hand at least, right? Because um, they didn't play the Newcastle match yet. So I think he's low key been a. a I mean, he's also just like a, a, you know, fantasy aside, just been a very strong player uh, for Arsenal this season, carrying over what he did um, last season. It's funny because when when Leno first joined, I feel like the, the general feeling was that he was kind of um, a little bit of a letdown, you know. And that when uh, isn't this the yeah. story of most goalkeepers? Like when De Gea sure. first joined Manchester United, he was the butt of so many jokes. And yeah. this is like an unsung storyline for me. It's one that I've enjoyed is. When Leno went out injured after Maupe did him so dirty, yeah, Martinez came in for Arsenal at the end of last season and looked amazing. And he had to get Martinez had to go to a team where he would be starting. And yeah. you think, well, why doesn't Arsenal just keep Martinez as their starting keeper? It turns out Arsenal just had that much talent in their goalkeeping roster. And I love that Leno has been able to certain to a certain degree keep pace. I do yeah. still think that Martinez is probably the best goalkeeper in the league yeah. on form. You don't right say now. Martinez? I'm trying to just go with what I hear mm-hmm. uh, around the ether. Yeah. Potato, potato. <laughs> Martinez, Martinez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, biggest disappointment. It, it's it's really it's a shame that he hasn't played a, a minute, and th- thus we cannot give Mesut Ozil the. Um, you know, he's not even listed in the game anymore, is he? Oh come on, hey, Aubameyang has got to be the most miserable disappointment <laughs> in the entire fantasy game. <laughs> obviously, oh. he is. He is obviously <laughs> oh, the answer. But I just because Ozil, I guess Ozil has already like departed for Fenerbahce or whatever, yeah. wherever he's going uh-huh. in, in Turkey. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm not sure that's the right club. Uh, he's, he's moving to one of them. Um, I think it is Fenerbahce. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess he's already pulled off the site, but yeah, it's, it's, it's Kuli Aubameyang. It's funny because I had a moment like, like many of us probably did, you know, the, the free hit and gaming. It's too bad. We didn't get a chance to talk about the free hit pod because um, it was, there was, it was a very entertaining midweek Um midweek set of matches um but i had a moment on my free head where i was like you know what I'm, i think i should bring in a bombing like i think this could be a little <laughs> sure. different you know a little yeah. a little unique and uh i didn't uh but it was sort of different you know, unique all words that need to be stripped yeah, from your fantasy print. lexicon yeah, something new something <laughs> uh but yeah it was just kind of uh just you know he is he's so off i mean three goals and one assist in the season he started the season at 12 million. His price is now down to 11.3 million. And he has to fall 
like four or five million more Brandon yeah. before he would be a viable fantasy. There will be there will be that. psychology PhDs that are awarded based on studies of what has happened to Pierre Emerick Aubameyang this season. It so is odd. it is remarkable what he's done in it. I, I think why it is so remarkable is there. It feels like there's intention behind what's yeah. going on with Aubameyang. It is not just a dip yeah. in form. This is a this is a dip in visibility. You know what's weird too is it's you know because William is like right up there and it's funny because Arsenal have actually like righted the ship a little bit and it's it, it's honestly been by kind of just not playing any of the old guys, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, William, William Aubameyang. And, and, it's like, uh, it's, like and it's a bit of Chelsea last like, season where, yep. you know, Lampard was able to get something out of that squad just yeah. by playing playing yeah. young players who were motivated to show yeah. something. It's just funny because it will, that the game week one, I know it's game week one and, and it's a long, long time ago now, but that William was so good in that match and set up a beautiful goal for, for yeah. Aubameyang. I'm sure you remember it. I do. Uh, I yeah, had Aubameyang ex- captain in that. That's right. Week, that's yeah. right. You know, so extraordinary goal. And you're like, well, this, I think like they figured it out. You know, yeah. it's like you just needed a number 10, you know, and now we after that game week, we talked on this podcast about how William was your budget route to Arsenal points totally. that were sure to come. Flash oh, yeah. forward to so many of us free hitting Lacazette in game week 18, yeah. only to have a real <laughs> gut check, yeah. a real gut check. Yeah, there were 400,000 net transfers for William going from game week one to game week two. So, um, yeah, lots of disappointments. But, you know, I think the the happy story for Arsenal now is that, uh, and, you know, if you want to look at this through a fantasy lens, you now have Smith Rowe, who's available for 4.5 million, is now playing in the number 10 role. Um, you have uh, you have Sacco's only 5.3 million. Um, Lacazette has, I know he did not deliver in game week 18, uh, but has looked a lot better um, yeah. since since December. Um, so, you know, there's there's a lot to like there. And just, I think, you know, just in general, I mean, what is it now? Three, you know, they have 10 points in their last 12, right? Even though they did, did look really poor in that Palace game. But still, 10 out of 12, they've righted the ship. They're playing young players. Um, and at least now there are some viable fantasy assets in that squad as well. Thank goodness. And now we move to Aston Villa, where I was just uh, talking so about much. Mr. Potato Potato himself. Yep. Martinez Martinez. I think, uh, so I think that we need to like sort of preface this entire podcast by it's going to be a little fuzzy where IRL Premier League analysis ends and fantasy analysis begins because <laughs> yeah. Aston, Aston Villa is tricky where from a fantasy perspective, I think there's no question that Martinez in in goal has been a transformative fantasy asset. Sure. Grealish has been a transformative player for that club in this season, and he is on the cusp of just yeah. being one of the great Premier League players of the next five years or so. I do have to give the the biggest surprise though to how impactful Martinez has been for our fantasy squads. I agree, and I I, I mean the biggest surprise to me is that you keep pronouncing it Martinez. Like <laughs> yeah, that. let's keep it going. Listen, see if I can yeah. let's see if I can have a stable pronunciation for the rest of the season. <laughs> there are no guarantees. Um, yeah, I think that uh, yeah, Grealish may be less of a surprise. Uh, although you know, it's almost like a different cat. It's funny because uh, we did a uh, a Zoom movie watch on on Friday. We watched Karate Kid together, uh, us and 
uh, some of our, our, our friends and well, the greatest um, sports movies of all time. Yeah. And it, it really is wonderful. Truly wonderful. And a secret soccer movie too. It's like three soccer <laughs> yeah, scenes. Yeah, we forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Ralph Macchio's character encounters a, a young Latin man in Southern California when he moves from New Jersey and he, yeah. he guess what? They're all great at soccer. It was like a weird, I know it's like, it's like, is this offensive? The whole movie is like, is this offensive or not? I don't know what's, you know, but it, it was very entertaining. And, uh, but it's funny because the, the story of that movie in my head was a more classic story about like a down in his like loser who, who becomes like a karate champion or whatever. And the real story is about like a pretty cool, confident guy who yeah. becomes awesome. It's like a much, it's a much different kind of story. Yeah. We it's said still, it was, it yeah. was the Barack Obama story, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was already pretty cool. Uh, but this is like the, the Grealish is like that, right? He's it's the karate kid season for him. It's about a, a good, a good player who has suddenly yeah. turned into an awesome player. And yeah, yeah, I mean, he's, he's wonderful. And, uh, I, you know, he's a, I've always liked to watch him play. I mean, um, you know, the only, if I had only one complaint about him, uh, would be that I feel like there are some times when he, he settles for the foul, you know, instead of, um, instead of playing, a, playing you know, right, riding the challenge messy style. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting. I think it's, it's really interesting. The, Grealish in La Liga, that, that is an alternate future that I would like to see. Here is the tougher question, Josh. Okay. Aston Villa, they've had a fairly good season. They've had an excellent fantasy season. Yeah. How how are you going to pinpoint the biggest disappointment here? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I mean, you know, Ross Barkley, but can you blame him because he's been injured? He actually looked pretty good uh, before that injury. I So I, I won't blame him. He hasn't actually played since, I guess he played four minutes in game week nine. So. Is it unkind to say that Ollie Watkins has been the biggest disappointment only because yeah. he kind of came out guns blazing and looked yeah. like a fantasy essential? And I and I think I'll, I'll just like to answer my own question. I will say that is unkind because yeah. I think Watkins still does look really good. And I think he has found his level. Yeah. Three goals or I mean, six goals, four assists, three double digit returns. I, I, I think he has uh, for, at, at 6 million too, you know, and I think, yeah, I think the value so, can't be understated. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if I, if I had to pick one and I, honestly, you know, there really isn't anyone I'd say is a huge disappointing, uh, maybe John McGinn, uh, cause he had a pretty hot start and, uh, he hasn't really, you know, he had, uh, through the first, uh, five matches of the season, he had, a uh, goal and four assists. And I uh, was looking like an incredible value at 5.5 million. Uh, since then, he only, he's had one assist since game week five. Um, so yeah, so he's, he's, if I had to pick one, um, I go with, I go with John McGinn, but the whole team has been a pleasure to watch. And, uh, I guess I hope they're all back and healthy. I mean, you, all these cryptic Instagram posts that I see shared on Twitter and you're like, okay, who knows what's going <laughs> Matt on Matt Target here. dropped himself from his own team. Therefore, <laughs> but then another teammate bought Ollie Watkins, you know, and so you're like, I don't what's know what's going, going on. on. Yeah, exactly. And what's most, most interesting is like in Matt Target's own mini league, there are multiple people named Matt Target. It's very confusing. I think that Russian bots have, have something to do yeah, with what's I, going on. Yeah, and, and, and you know, the it's real answer is like they, they could, you know, not really be taking this very seriously. I think that could also be the, uh, the other. Speaking of here. not taking things very seriously, Josh, let's talk about Brighton. Well, hey, I mean, I, I don't know what happened. Let's give them credit. Did, did Leeds play like complete garbage or did Brighton make them play like complete leads leads. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, Leeds tried to throw Graham Potter off of his balance by presenting one of the worst pitches that the premier league has seen in 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And it's truly bizarre. 
Here's my here's my take on leads right now is everyone wants to complain about Bielsa like oh can he not change his system he's too rigid etc cetera, etc cetera. is this not the curse of being interesting like yeah. Leeds and Bielsa are cursed because only because they are interesting therefore people want to talk about them yeah. and if you are a Leeds fan I, I mean, you've been a Leeds. If if you've been a, if you're a Leeds fan, you know this club through all different iterations, from Division One winning titles, Champions Leagues, to the absolute bottom of the barrel. But if you're a Leeds fan in 2021, you have to be ecstatic with oh. what this team is accomplishing. I, this I season. am. I am ecstatic. Like yeah. the, to me, they are the greatest gift in the Premier League in, in multiple years, and. A pretty great gift for fantasy as well. Uh, I mean, they have like a ton. I know we're not in the lead section yet, but they have a, they have a ton of cheap players. And like, if you had to, if I had to like sit down with pen and paper and come up with like the ten most entertaining matches this season, I guarantee five of those matches would be matches that involved leads. Right? Yeah. I can think of like three of them off the top of my head. Right. You know. So I mean, yeah, they're 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 terrific. And so yeah, like it's it's true. So if they have a bad match, it feels like this indictment. But that that's just people who are. Um, Small-minded, right? <laughs> <laughs> you small-minded. You, you so, Southern softies is what they are. All right, so Brighton, <laughs> who who surprised you most? For me, and yeah. I think it's this one doesn't have a ton of legs because he kind of fell off the map. But Tariq Lamptey, yeah. Brighton fans in particular had pegged this guy as a rising star in the club even before the season started. And yeah. he... He is at like at once the brightest fantasy light for Brighton, but at at the same time the biggest disappointment because he was that asset where every match he looked like he was going to deliver clean yeah. sheets and assist, if not a goal, and somehow he barely managed to deliver any any of yeah. that before he got injured to eternity. It's too bad, you know. It's you know it's funny because Karen Tierney is another one of these little guys, you know, um, you know. Tierney's obviously a left back and, and, and Lampy's a right back, but, um, you know, just like, can, can little guys like hack it in the premier, you know, Terrera was like this too, you know, really good Christian player. Pulisic. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly. I know. I hope. And, but you know, you look at like a, like another little guy, look at someone like Gundawan and you're like, well, that guy's built like a little, Potent. a little, but Gundawan, I mean, is like built like a little tank, right? Like that's what you're going to have to look true. like if that's you're five, yeah. if you're five foot five or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Potence too, right? Potence has been injured for multiple weeks now. And, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a tough league for anyone who's, who's little, unfortunately. I mean, I'm, I'm not a very tall man yeah. myself, you know, yeah. when's the last time you saw a Smurf in the premier league? Not recently. It's been a while. Well, Juan Mata doesn't get a lot of starts anymore, Brian. So. <laughs> there you go. He's more of an Ewok than a Smurf, a Smurf which has been established. So, so would you rate? Who would who would you then rate as the biggest surprise? I mean, there, there's yeah, Brighton. Brighton just I hasn't think, offered a whole lot. I, I think you're right that that Lamptey is the um, is the biggest surprise and the biggest disappointment. Uh, I think that um, Neil Mape might get a little bit of credit for being a surprise, I and mean, he's. Uh, scored, he's had a weird season. I mean, yeah, it's, it's been, been all over the peak, place. Incredible yeah. peaks and valleys for him <laughs> yeah. and uh, more yeah. valleys than most, but he, he, I, I, I think, I guess you could qualify him as a disappointment from the fantasy point of view and that that's 
the type of se- half season performance that a fantasy manager just can't within their right mind invest in. Yeah. So no one is really there to enjoy the successes with yeah. Mape. We've he really was, only been there for the, for the, the failures. He was a little overpriced, uh, but at, you know, I mean, we're at the halfway point of the season for, for Brighton. Uh, they played 19 mm-hmm. matches and uh, he has seven goals and one assist. If you were to repeat that over the course of a season, uh, that'd be 14 goals and two assists. I mean, that would be not bad. Terrific return. Yeah. For yeah. a, for a, you know, a, you know, forward on a, a bottom half of the table team. So, um, yeah. So I, I but I, I think it's Lamptey cause he, you know, he was so promising and then, um, has also just been so frustrating. You know, I, 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 you know, I, I don't think I got a single, I didn't start him for the, the one time I had him on my team and he had attacking returns was in the Spurs match and he was buried last on my bench. Uh, so I, you know, in all the matches I started for him, he, he failed to deliver. So yeah, yeah. I think, I think a little, a little frustrating, but, um, but I, I, I like him a lot as a player. So, you know, hopefully he turns it around. Um, Burnley. Interesting. All right. Interesting with Burnley. So I kind of would challenge anyone to, to name one player on Burnley from a fantasy point of view. That's worth talking about. That is not, <laughs> Nick Pope and uh-huh. in walks play his play his music Charlie Taylor is it like enter Sandman <laughs> yeah. uh yeah. is playing yeah. when Charlie Taylor walks in now a huge bummer that Taylor who was just eminently affordable at 4.5 and and went through this this period of of clean sheets and and occasional yeah. assists and 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 then he gets injured. So yeah. I think Charlie Taylor would qualify as the biggest surprise of Burnley season cuz we kind of knew that Nick Pope is really the engine that drives the Burnley fantasy train. Yeah. I I I I, I don't know that there are any other bright shining lights here on Burnley. No, um although, you know, Mark Loughton um has probably been uh not very not talked about I mean his ownership is one percent, right? Um and he's I don't know, I guess he doesn't count as a surprise though, because we all kind of know what we're getting with him. But he has he didn't start the first four matches of the season, and so his numbers don't look as good as everybody else's. Yeah, but right. uh but he's I do there. think yeah, Taylor has a little more attacking threat too. No assists for, for a lot and so far. Um as far as uh disappointments go, I think um well, I mean, the whole team was kind of there the first half of the season, the first quarter yeah. of the season. Um, and you think I mean, about uh, yeah. um, uh, McNeil, uh, your your buddy, your boy, your yep. your beloved man child, McNeil. Yeah, I love McNeil. But Chris, <laughs> Chris Wood, Bur- Burnley's greatest disappointment is they cannot score goals, and I think yeah. what they what they had last season was just the ability to be competitive in matches, and their only hope this season is to keep clean sheets and you have to blame Chris Wood for that. And from a fantasy perspective, he's just sort of lost any momentum that he had. It's yeah, three goals in the season. And that number is so low that I was like, well, he must've missed some matches through injury or something like that. He no, but no, he has, he started every single match in the season, Brandon. Um, it's disgusting. Yeah. And every, uh, it's like basically like every five or six matches, he scores a goal. And, you know, he's always at the top of these stat tables because it's like he's such a um, it's like it's such a fixed result with him. Right. It's like yeah. if he gets the ball. It's like a shot on target. Uh, but it's just that he like barely touches the ball because he's so lumbering and slow that it's like he just camps out in the box. I mean, he is a yeah, very. And so many of his yeah. chances are on yeah. the end of crosses where it's just going to take a huge amount of athleticism and and prowess 
to even get the shot on target. So these chances yeah. that he's getting are, while they're close, close range and maybe categorized as big chances, they're not yeah. easy. No. And like, I'm sure he's a nice guy or whatever, but like, you know, it's just like, <laughs> it's because most Kiwis are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, it is kind of a shame that guys like him can basically start 90 minutes every single match. And these dynamic creative types, right? The Potences and the Lamptees, uh, can only play like three matches in a row before they're out for a month and a half because yeah. they just can't handle the physicality of the league. So, um, yeah, I think, I think what is the clear winner? I mean, you know, if you want to put someone else in there, I mean, there's, Ashley Barnes is now in the every time he gets the ball, his whole goal now is to win fouls. He doesn't even like try to score anymore. It's just, uh, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's like, it's a real like old man. Like it's like Glenn Murray type, you know, it's like his whole game now is like trying to trick the referee, yeah. you know? Well, I can't remember what, uh, what goal it was that Steven Gerrard scored, but it was a, you know, one of, you know, one of the numerous legendary goals so that he scores for Liverpool and it was from well out there. And the commentator uh, or the, the interviewer asked Stevie G, why did you decide to shoot it from that far out? And Stevie says, I was so tired on my feet. I couldn't run anymore. So I just shot it. (laughs) And so Ashley Barnes is like that at this stage of his career, except the fact that he can't, he can't shoot or do anything. that guy like Steven Gerrard. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to the next club. Uh, Chelsea. Oh God, there's lots, lots of meat on this bone, Brandon. Um, Okay. So. Kurt Zuma, um, I'm, I pegged this guy as like the weakest defender uh, before when we were sort of previewing the season. Yeah. Like, what hope does this Chelsea defense have with Kurt Zuma? And I think that Zuma has defied all of the always cheating odds in that at once he's been a great surprise. Mm-hmm. And then he scored a ton of goals. Like, well, he scored four goals in just... Um, I guess if you discount the matches that he didn't start, which have been four. Yeah. So uh, it's just astronomical. However, he gets caught out in the defense all the time. Many clean sheets that Chelsea might have had have been stolen from them because Kurt Zuma just kind of doesn't know what planet he's on. Yeah. Um, so he's an interesting one. I do actually find it's surprising that he legitimately has worked his way into a handful of fantasy squads. Well, I mean, it, it was, he's just one of those, it's one of those years where there's always one year where like, there's always one player season who just gets like his head in the right spot. Right. And just heads yeah. in like, you know, five goals in the first 10 weeks sure. or whatever. Could be and, Shane Duffy. It could be yeah, anybody. Exactly. So, you know, he got four goals in the first 11 weeks and, and I feel like he, like every match he was playing he, he was threatening. And, you know, it was yeah. interesting. Did you see those comments from Lampard yesterday where he said, um, <laughs> no personality. Yeah, he was basically, <laughs> we needed personality in the defense and Rudiger's got one. So, uh, we're going to go with him, <laughs> but then, but then Rudiger played and he, I mean, you know, I mean, I wasn't like, like looking at all the defensive stance or whatever, but he, you know, he picked up two bonus points uh, for his performance in the match. And, um, you know, now it's interesting. And, and you know, just from a, talking strictly about FEL for a second. If Rudiger holds on that spot, he's 4.5 million. I mean, that's a, has it, that's uh, a it's, it's so bizarre that it's taken Lampard this long to figure crack, crack this code. Um, so, but that, so is, are we missing the trick? And I hope that our friend Jeff Petter is listening because he bangs this drum every weekend mm-hmm. is Mason Mount, not 
secretly the biggest surprise of this Chelsea season. <laughs> so going into the season, you got to talk about Werner. You got to talk about Ziyech. You got to yeah. talk about uh, what's Pulisic Chilwell. up to. Yeah. What's Chilwell up to? What are all these dudes up to? And Mason Mount is workmanlike, doing it in, out, playing the minutes, getting the assists and the goals. He's he's a pretty big surprise. And it's kind of surprising yeah. that still we're not even, I'm still not even entertaining the idea that he comes into my fantasy team. I think Mount is a, you know, is, is a, he's still, he's a little expensive, I, I think, right? I mean, at 7 million, two goals and five assists for 7 million, that, that's like respectable, but it's not, it's not amazing. You know, I think, yeah. uh, and he's fourth for creativity in the ICT, Brandon. That's huge. Somebody was suggesting we should do the ICT awards at the end of the season. And uh, uh-huh. I like no, the, ice, the ice tea awards. You know, what's yeah, your favorite ice tea? Song? It'll be great because if we do the, the ICT awards, I will have to finally figure out what ICT is, you know, so that'd yeah. be a good, good incentive to do that. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I mean, you're right about Monty. He's, he's probably a little under undervalued, um, but I think I'm going to go with Chilwell still, because I think um, it's, it's been a, such a surprise for, uh, I don't know because it was it was interesting at Leicester. He would he was like a player like ran hot, you yeah. know, but he wasn't always like he like he really fell off the second half of last season. I'm not sure that I really knew what they were going to get from him, and you know, and he didn't start the first three matches, I guess. Right, he comes in a match the fourth match, Crystal Palace at home, uh, picks up a goal, assist, clean sheet, and three bonus points. Like what an incredible uh debut that is right 18 point yeah. return and has honestly been pretty solid since then i mean um you know the chelsea defense has has been disappointed at times but um you know he got he missed a couple you missed one match with an injury um the west ham match they actually kept a clean sheet in that one so he's a bit unlucky there um but you know i mean he's got uh an attacking return in a clean sheet in two of his last three he's available for six million i mean i honestly if you if you asked me straight up if i would trade trent for Chilwell, i would do it um, wow. you know, and so, a cocaine heartbeat and it's a incredible. cocaine heartbeat, Brandon. All right. The, the biggest disappointment though, I think if we let's, let's on, on three, wait, no, mm-hmm. after I say three, because I have to say three and then we'll talk at the same time. Yeah. After I say three, let's both say the most disappointing player on Chelsea. Okay. Okay. Yep. One, two, three. Billy Timo Gilmore. Werner. Wow, I can't believe you went Gilmore. I should have known. I should have known it. You always bagged on Gilmore. You've always been a um, ever since Happy Gilmore. You ever I'm a Gilmore, since the movie I'm a Gilmore Happy Gilmore guy. Yeah, um, yeah. No, obviously Timo Werner. I mean, someone. I saw someone say yesterday that he's the first player to get fifty percent ownership on hype alone. Like he started the season as like the most owned player like in the history of fantasy based. Like purely on like a bunch of us doing fantasy Bundesliga last summer. Right? Like if <laughs> right, we hadn't yeah. done fantasy Bundesliga, is there any way that all of us would have been on this guy? Yeah. You know, so fast. Um, yeah, he's, he basically has had one good match. He's had one good match in nineteen, uh, which is uh, not so hot. Yeah, Southampton. Yeah. yeah, he has not scored a goal since game week eight, and that's that's like Chelsea have the luxury of having a lot of great players to, to fill in the gaps. And I, I think Werner's quality will come through eventually, but that is, yeah. a, that's just a huge fantasy bummer because Werner could have been a fun player to, to bring yeah. in at various points yeah. of the season. And it's just not happening. So Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea just, just kind of, I think on the whole have been a fun fantasy team this season, but there's yeah. just so much more to come yet from them. 
Yeah, it's interesting about him, right? Because he is likable. He's not like um, oh, some of the other forwards they've brought in over the last couple of years. I'm trying to think of the the the, the Spanish gentleman whose name is forgetting me right now. I think he ultimately wow, is that a La Carre novel? <laughs> Spanish gentleman. I think he ultimately moved to Juve or somewhere in Napoli. He moved somewhere in somewhere in Italy. Um, you know the guy with the with the hair. You know, the oh nice Murata, Murata. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, like Murata, Murata had a, had a similarly disappointing time at Chelsea, but yeah. with him, I, I just never liked him. Uh, whereas, um, I just, I do like Werner. I mean, he's trying really hard. He's trying too hard probably. Right. I, that yeah. must be what the issue is. But not in an Anthony Knockhart sort of a way. Anthony Speaking Tri-Hart. of trying hard, let's yep. talk about Crystal Palace. Are they trying hard enough would be the question I'll ask you. Yeah. Oy. So do we know what happened with um with um Zaha? With Zaha? Yeah, what the issue was there? A knock. No, he he's he's flagged as knock. What yeah. does that mean? I, 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 I don't know. And Zaha's so the the word for manager is Wilf unfortunately picked up a knock versus Arsenal. The turnaround has been quite quick. I find that to be very sort of suspect. Very suspect. Yeah. Um, Another so frustrating. I, I just wish some of the stuff would come up. If I had known that Palestine wouldn't have Zaha, I certainly would have been more likely to bring in it. You know, this is just classic. Like, I mean, I, don't even, I, I honestly don't know why they do these press conferences anymore. Like, there's no, nothing is given away, right? Every, every piece of news that's relevant comes out like three minutes after the team sheet goes out, right? It's they don't like, even uh, do coffee and Danish spread at these uh, press yeah. conferences anymore because they're all virtual. So what do you, what exactly <laughs> is the point? What's the point? No coffee now, and Danish? Well, it was like, an, an, you know, and like the, the, the Melier owners, it's Melier and Johnstone, right? There are people, I think FPL General had both those as two keepers, right? Like yeah. those are um, the two players, you know, with Melier, it was, we cannot reveal who has COVID. We must respect the players. Literally, one minute after the Leeds team sheet goes out, Melier says, got COVID, <laughs> hold you back since. And it's like, it's just gamesmanship. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying like you shouldn't respect their privacy, but like, it's like, if, if you just come right out and say it a minute later, it's it kind of undermines the, the goal. The point, the, yeah, 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 the point of it. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, but, but these press conferences, you have to keep in mind, they are not held just exclusively for fantasy managers, you do have to understand that sometimes journalists do want to get an understanding of the thinking of managers and tactics and these things. And, and believe it or not, Melier playing or not really doesn't have a huge impact on, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I I did. It might. Right. I mean, if, if, you know, um, and, and, and Bielsa has actually been a little, it's funny how every team discussions turn into a leads discussion somehow, but, uh, they're Bielsa, the most interested. It's the curse of being interesting, yeah. Josh. Yeah. But if Bielsa was like, well, we're trying slightly different formations because we, we don't have Melia back there this time. And the, the distribution of the ball might be a little bit different. And, you know, I mean, if you had heard that you might've been more wary of, of having, um, you, you actually might not have, uh, uh, bench boosted even right like i mean dallas without melia back there would have made you a little more nervous i would think uh, i i mean that's Maybe splitting not. hairs splitting yeah. hairs perhaps I mean, sure, sure. no one starts dallas because you think Leeds are going to keep a clean sheet you start no, dallas but, because he's john lundstrom basically. that's true i maybe for me it was a little i was debating just straight up starting dallas over matt target even like i was gonna like, give me one from dallas over two from target um and i mean who knows like maybe dallas maybe target has who knows right uh but you know um and that that would have made it very easy for me to stick with target uh which i ultimately ended up doing 
Um, so anyway, yeah, back to back to Palace. Um, yeah, biggest biggest biggest, su- biggest disappointment is Zaha. Biggest surprise is probably that Zaha Zaha has had. Who who were yeah, we just talking? Like it was yeah. like Mape. Mape yeah. has had peaks and valleys. Zaha is just the better version of Mape, where he's had even higher peaks, and that makes Zaha's valleys even more pronounced. This is the story of Zaha's career, and yeah. I talked about my fevered YouTube dreams of watching Zaha in preseason before yeah. it was we were prepping for game week one. And I was like, this dude looks ready. He looks ready for the season. And of course he came out on fire game weeks one and two had three goals in the bag and he would come in hot one week and stone cold in a negative way. I guess I should specify it an, another yeah. week. So it, it crystal palace just continues to def, be defined by the form of this guy. And I guess if you're a palace fan, that's kind of entertaining because yeah. Zaha, when he's great, is such a fun player to watch. Yeah, but uh, you know, you, I don't know if you can pin your, the future of your club on this guy. No, as he uh, looks, as he is that how you say it? As a, yeah, as yeah, he has looked really good at, in moments, and uh, yeah. you know, it'd be fun I like if, him. Yeah, if he if when when he and Zaha are both firing, um, I think that team is kind of interesting. I, I don't yeah. hate this team, but they're they're at risk of turning into one of those. Like this is like step one of like three that leads to relegation, right? Where it's like, you know, the defense cracks a little bit. Um, <laughs> the next year it's like, they're just kind of boring and bad. And the next yeah. year they get relegated. You know, it's like, this is like, I feel like this happened with, um, with Swansea. This happened with, it's going to happen um, with Newcastle Ast- this season. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Aston Villa a few years ago. I remember that, you know, where they mm-hmm. just, you know, and so I worry a little bit, uh, you know, I think the Ezzy buy was maybe an attempt to counteract that, but there's, there's something about this team that feels kind of old and a little, um, like stale, a little stale. Yeah. And, and maybe it starts with, with Hodgson to be quite honest. I mean, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're the just... oldest and stalest of them all. <laughs> right. Bless yeah, you I Hodgson. Mean, we love yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Bless him. And like, you know, they're, they're solidly mid table. Like a, a Roy Hodgson team is, is probably almost never going to get relegated, which, which, which makes him probably very hard to sack. I mean, and, and yeah. maybe deservedly so, but, um, but yeah, it, 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 there have been a lot of matches this season where you're like, this is not fun. This is probably, I mean, are they, okay. Just looking, I'm looking at the table right now, Brandon. Sure. Um, are they the least fun team in the premier league? The least entertaining, the team you'd least want to watch. I guess Sheffield United is to be. No way. I mean, Burnley Burnley actually might be that team because they're just like the least likely to put some sort of creative move together. At least like when we're pinpointing Zaha and Eze and Townsend, I'd throw in there, they have the capacity to put in an interest. And even like I was bagging on Jordan Ayew a little bit on Twitter earlier and Benteke, they at least have the ability to put an interesting move together. Burnley, not at all. Not at yeah. all. Sheffield yeah. United, they had a close, but not quite. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, Crystal Palace maybe third or fourth least interesting. That's team. true. Yeah. Okay, all right. We'll give them a little, little bit of credit. Uh, um, all right, so let's move on to Everton. Uh, this is the classic. Uh, we have to pick up our, our pace here, Brandon. Okay, uh, go on. Everton, uh, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment. Uh, I'll go first in this one. Uh, biggest surprise, I, I think it has to be dominant Calvert-Lewin. I mean, you know, it's not like he came out of nowhere, but um, just incredible. He put it the, together. He did. He put it together in the first through the first 14 weeks of the season. This guy was money in the bank virtually every single game weekend. He did a uh, Bafa Timbi Gomes. 
Yeah, he, he did. Well, yeah, he, he did a, a Gomez times three. You know, <laughs> he, he was really solid for for quite a long time. And and I, you know, I think the the team ultimately as hurt him. I mean, you yeah. know, at, at some point it became everyone was injured, and it was literally just just I don't even know how he was getting any attack returns. It was just like sheer, just. You know, he's just in the box so much. Just but grit, grit, yeah. yeah. That, grit, that, in, yeah. that English nouse. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that was what we remarked upon this earlier in the season and that the this Everton team was on a knife's edge. Like when all, when all of the first 11 were fit and sharp, this team looked unbeatable. But they lose one piece of that machine and yeah. then – it really it really slows down. They lose James. They lose Allen. They lose Richarlison, and that is the biggest disappointment for me. Is Richarlison has not stepped up at yeah. all, uh, at all. Yeah, I think he's he's got to be up there. I mean, you know, it's interesting that James. I mean, James. I don't know. I I guess he's kind of in that. Uh, uh, oh Jesus, Christopher just forgot his name. The um the the Aston Villa player that I was talking about earlier who McGinn. started off well well and got injured. Um no um oh, Barkley. Bar- Ross, Barkley. Uh, Ross Barkley, right. Where you know, but with James, it's like he kind of knew this was coming because this is what's happened to him at every stage of his career, unfortunately, right? It's uh yeah. he looks brilliant and then he and then he just can't, you know, stay healthy. So um I will like we'll always have those first few weeks though. I mean Yeah. Beautiful so stuff. fun. So fun yeah. the first five matches of the season, just wildly entertaining. Um, yeah, but I mean, now, yeah, it got Allen, Decore, Calvert-Lewin are all out. Um, it's, it's kind of ugly right now for, for Everton. It is. Yeah. But I guess that's the specter is, yeah. Can Ancelotti like bring this back together? Uh, I mean, they're, they seem destined for like an eighth, eight, nine, eighth, ninth, tenth place finish this season. Yeah. But we will always talk about, well, next season, Everton, <laughs> well, they're, you know, they're, they're really the good. Cra- What's crazy, Brendan, is I thought they were like slipping and slipping. And then you look, they actually have four wins in five. They have 12 points in the last 15. Um, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's like I just have the fantasy lens on too much. Or it just feels like a miracle, right? They keep like, you know, they keep gridding out these. these that is true. Wins. That is yeah. true. This yeah. that, that, That's like your, that was like your hot take on James Madison, where sure. like, James sure. Madison has been hot garbage. And it was like, <laughs> well, actually, he's been the most informed pay, player on Leicester. For the last <laughs> really what I meant, he was, he looked bad in the 20 minutes that I was paying close attention in that one match. <laughs> um, but that's a less interesting tweet, isn't it, Brandon? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I I'm, you know, I think um, I think they're a real stay away right now in fantasy. Uh, yeah. Let's see, let's see what happens in a, in a couple of weeks. All right, next squad is Fulham. Fulham. Yeah, your team. My God, the Fulham. I I love Fulham, and I have enjoyed watching Fulham the last month or six weeks or so. This has been so. Just gratifying to see Scotty Parker introduce this new system, this this kind of newly formatted squad take to it so brilliantly. Even yeah. a, a weirdo like Calviero, mm-hmm. even taking to it himself. And I mean, it's not really uh, you're not reaping a ton of fantasy benefits from it, but there's just so much positivity around this club right now. And yeah. my greatest fear is all of this positivity around Fulham, which is roundly deserved, might still result in them getting relegated. So, yeah. I mean, the the uh, the obvious thing is like, where are these guys need to score some goals? They can't they're score. Gonna score. 
Yeah. So that, yeah. I, I, I'm really interested to see what kind of uh, attacking players they sign yet in January, which is it's it's got to happen. Are Mitrovic, there any rumors or anything? Have you seen any? I have not seen a single rumor, and I don't know if if they have to start with with um, selling Mitro or whatnot, but. Yeah. Um, their defense is just the bright, sparkling gem of if you want to look at it in fantasy. And Ariola at a 4.5 keeper, this guy is making Nick Pope level saves right now. And, yeah. you know, the points really aren't there. It's it's rel- it's kind of twos and threes. So this is not a guy that you, you want to start week in, week out. But I think that has been the biggest surprise. Everyone looked at Fulham coming into the season saying, why are you signing a new keeper like Rodak performed really admirably for them in the championship. And they went out and signed this, this sort of PSG outcast. And yeah, yeah. granted he's got a world cup trophy under his belt, but he looks phenomenal. And so I think Ariola is a really, really fun fantasy prospect now. Yeah. I still remember the, uh, when they played away to Fulham, uh, and I remember Liverpool, you mean Fulham playing away to Liverpool, you mean? Oh, no. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I, I meant to say uh, Wolves. I don't know why I said a way to Fulham. Uh, no, when they when they went away to Wolves in uh, game week, I think it was, yeah, I guess it was game week four. And even though they lost that match 1-0, um, I remember talking to you after that match and I was like, this Ariola is good. Like he, like he was really good at the match. And I think you kind of weren't having it. Cause I think Fulham had were on like zero points at that point <laughs> through, <laughs> yeah. through four. And uh, you're like, well, who cares? You know, I, I like, don't, I didn't, yeah. I, I was up to my eyeballs in Fulham hot takes at that point. Yeah. But he, he really is solid. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, the, the big question is, can they score? And I think, you know, Lookman um, has to be the biggest, uh, the biggest surprise. I mean, yeah. outside, outside of Ariola, Lickman's the yeah. biggest surprise. And, um, I, you know, Caballero looks okay. I mean, they, you're, they do like, seem to be lacking somebody world-class up front though. And I, w- I would say like the, the attacking player that is surprised the most is Decordova Reed, where you, you think of him, fantasy players would remember him from his stint at Cardiff in the premier league. Yeah. And, he scored a couple of goals there, but you think this is just a, a championship player enjoying his time in the limelight. He is that dude has grit. That is a, a, a <laughs> gritty <your> player grit. <laughs> and I love him. And I think he's, he's sort of proving this season that he he's got what it takes to fit into any sort of system. So he's a yeah. great surprise. It's, it's, it's just hard to sort of like couch in fantasy terms because Fulham's just not there yet. In yeah. terms of players and te- a team you want to invest in, I think we can call Mitro the biggest disappointment, though. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. We both got him for his his brace at Leeds, right? We both <laughs> have him in our squad for that. So, yeah, that beautiful was, failure that we'll match. Always have that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That crazy penalty, like the most casual penalty call ever, where yeah. the ref was just like, no one even knew it was a penalty. They ever thought it was a quarter kick because he did so casually, <laughs> but like just threw his hand. In the that was back when VAR was, was really peaking. You know, it was, it, was, <laughs> it was the you know the the high was really kicking in for VAR yeah. at that point. I know. It's like I, I don't even want to like jinx it, but it, it has been a little less intrusive recently. Yeah, Let's hope it true. stays that way. Uh, they've they've really clarified the handball stuff, which I think has made a huge difference. Like just that little change of basically they're like, oh wait, should it matter if he means it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it uh-huh. was like, uh-huh. like once that happened, yeah. it was like. Yeah, yeah, it was like what's that somebody happened? uttered the phrase "thought crime" in the VAR booth, <laughs> and uh, and they they kind of spun out from there. That, it was like 
well, this guy has arms, and that's you know <laughs> we can't discount that fact. Yeah, we can't exactly. It was it was getting ludicrous. I, the Andy Carroll uh, handball and Eric Dyer. That's the one that I, I always think of yeah. as like the last straw, where it was like this is Eric Dyer just has an arm. Like that's why it was a handball. <laughs> like, it didn't make any sense. Right. All right, uh, let's move on to um, yeah. We've got two more teams, and we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, Leeds talked about them a ton already. So many pleasant surprises um you know just just to talk about the to highlight so we can highlight the good and focus on that is there anyone that you would consider a disappointment i mean i'm not sure we you know they're promoted clubs i'm not sure anybody even really takes the takes the crown here no i don't think that i i think that it is hard to categorize disappointment i mean yeah it feels unfair no and i think it would be unkind for us to flag anyone i think i think maybe maybe click because he was the pen taker and he he's seemingly yeah. in losing that he's lost all of his confidence or powers. something yeah, yeah yeah but even he's still three goals and five assists in the season you know not not so bad how about this i mean rodrigo was a guy that you were really hot on at the start of the season you know he found his yeah. way into the spanish national team system and yeah um he it, it's hard because yeah. there there's something about leads the way they play where it's all just like the sum of its parts so you yeah. like um i i i don't i i haven't tracked every match closely enough to say well rodrigo has yeah whatever he's doing off the ball has resulted in all this success i don't know but yeah. you'd wish for a few more goals from this guy yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um, I think um, the only reason I would cut him as a little sack is because I know it does take a long time to to work your way into a Bielsa team, right? It's not like mm-hmm. just like um, you just plug him in. And so I'll give him a little bit of slack there. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, three goals to assist. It feels like he's come on a little bit of late. Um, you know, he's got a couple goals, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think for a you know, uh, he's not playing as like a number ten basically, and so maybe. Um, that is like a little bit of a, you know, I just don't know enough about like where Rodrigo is traditionally played though. I feel like he is typically a forward um, and now is playing a little bit behind, um, you know, behind Bamford. So, so let's, let's move on to the, 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 the good stuff though, Brandon, I think Patrick Bamford has <laughs> sure. got to be yeah. at the top. Mr. Mr. You can't do it in the big time has yep. done it. I mean, there were matches where you basically think it's your mom playing number nine for Leeds, <laughs> uh, your mom wearing black gloves. Yeah. And I mean, against Villa, he looked like Messi. against yeah. Brighton. He looked like somebody who won a contest. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I really want that as a t-shirt, whole. Brandon. I want a t-shirt about like a caricature of Bamford. It's just your mom with black gloves. I really <laughs> wear that shirt. <laughs> um, but I, I think on the whole, he has been um, a great fantasy asset for what you pay. Yeah. And I think he's been great for leads, uh, uh, obviously. So you can't, you can't yeah. really slag him off too much. Yeah. A 1.2 million price rise from his starting in 5.5. Kind it's of incredible. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I think Stuart Dallas needs to get a shout here as well. Um, he, uh, three goals, two assists, six clean sheets. I mean, you know, again, it, you can't really just double this stuff and expect the same, but like if, if that were extrapolated, that would be six goals, four assists and 12 clean sheets in the season. That'd be an incredible return for a 4.5 million defender. He's the um, John Lundstrom yep. this season and there's yeah. no denying it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's really, he really does have, I, I sort of, I don't want to say scoff, but you know, there was some talk early on that it was like, Oh, he's got a free role in that team. Um, and then I watched some match where I think it was like the week I bought him. Uh, I watched uh, the match where I was like, well, all he does is like play left back. He like is barely moved from that spot. So I don't know what you're talking about. I think it was the, uh, the Lester, the four, one Lester loss, you know? And, uh, 
Uh, actually, that was the one where he fluked a goal. Remember, like the like the flukiest goal ever, where he sent a cross in, and sure. it, ev- it evaded eighteen players and yeah. ended up in the in the box. Um, but yeah, he, free he's free roll. Yeah, but yeah, he does have a free roll, and uh, he's uh, he's just really fun to watch. The whole team is so fun to watch. I, you know, that was why I, I felt like it was like I took it personally when they were when they played poor against <laughs> okay, uh, Mark Michael okay. Jordan. <laughs> yeah, that's I took that personally. No, I just mean like uh, when they played bad at Brighton, I was like well, you guys are good. So I, what's going on? Like, you know, it was like, why are you playing? You know, it was like they'd earned the respect of being disappointing, you know, which is a real, uh, a testament <laughs> it's a mark of to progress. Yeah. Yeah. For a promoted team. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, one more team. Then we'll take a break. Lester biggest surprise, biggest disappointment. I think, um, the surprise is, is pretty clear. I think oh, James Justin has mm. basically emerged as just a fill in, Left back, left yeah. back, right back. He, he actually he he switched sides. He has developed so play much. Playing both I, sides, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I think it was so remarkable just watching him this week, and I've had him in my team this whole season, and he looked so raw at the start of the season, like just filling in for Pereira, and yeah. now. He looks like one of the best fullbacks in the league. Like his yeah, his development is yeah. incredible for for sure. And the fact that he's basically played every single minute of Leicester's season, including cup matches and all of that, I'm yeah. just waiting for him to die on the pitch at this point. But he <laughs> so looks Pereira amazing. Isn't even flagged anymore. So Pereira. It's he was on the pay, he he was on the bench this week, and bench, there was a moment okay. in which Rogers had him had Pereira off the bench, and he was chatting him up, and hmm, you know all Justin owners were in our little gaggle, being like, "Oh my God, is this the beginning of the end?" <laughs> I, I I mean, f- I would be concerned just for the fact that Justin is in dire need of a rest, sure. but I don't think there is a scenario in which Pereira immediately dethrones him, I, no. even even. I mean, Castagna maybe is the one that's in the in greater. He's been so, but he's been so good, you know, for much of the season too. I mean, if anything, he's. I mean, he was injured for a super long time, which which, you know, you have to cut those players. The injured players are grain of salt a little bit, but he uh, or grain of salt. Cut him cut the grain of salt. Yeah, yeah cut, cut him a grain of salt. <laughs> Very miserly. Cut, cut off a grain of salt. Um, but you know, I think, um, yeah, maybe. I mean, is it Justin? I feel like one of them can. If they play a back three, I think that you can play. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
be Justin it, can play in the back yeah, three Justin too. Yeah, but it's three. it's it's a bizarre. Like sometimes the pundits will call it a back three, but all then they're saying Albrighton is basically the wing back in that situation. I don't. It's it's a right. very fluid formation. I think that Leicester are playing. Yeah, Fafana has been good too. I mean, a, you know, a lot of the players. Uh, so I guess Sonyochu would be maybe the biggest disappointment, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. started the season I think at five point five, down to five point three. Uh, has has barely played again. Has been injured, but he didn't even look good when he was on the pitch, right before before the injury. And uh, yeah, I just think that he uh, he's got to be up there. I mean, I, I, you know, it's Tielemans is, is a player who who would have maybe been in that category. And as I feel like he's been a lot stronger, a lot sharper the last few weeks. So I guess mm-hmm. I'm, he's gonna yeah. Well, Leicester is coming. It's this is a hard team to talk about disappointments because they've really come on in the last month, like Harvey yeah. Barnes who was a fantastic player at the end of last season for Leicester. Right. He did nothing. He w- couldn't even play at the start of the season, and now yeah. he's coming on. Same for James Madison, finally now coming on. So yeah. I think it's it's just it's just all upside. There's little to diminish about Leicester at the moment. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, all right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with the second half of the Premier League midseason review. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe your fantasy team is distracting you from other important parts of your life. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, expertise that may not be locally available in many areas, and BetterHelp is worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor, and you'll get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit BetterHelp.com cheating. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the more than 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And here's a special offer for Always Cheating listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash cheating. All right, Brad, we're back. And we move on to a very strange club, uh, Liverpool. My God, yeah, strange indeed. Uh, yeah. I don't. I think we have to devote a certain amount of this conversation to what do we make of Liverpool right now in this moment in time? Because yeah. as far as fantasy investments go, this is a big deal. But just like to get it yeah. out of the way, I think Andy Robertson is going to take the cake for sort of biggest positive of yeah. this squad this season yeah yeah he he was kind of the favored fullback for fantasy managers until trent just kind of tore up fantasy in ways that we didn't know was possible yeah and so then good last year yeah yeah but then robertson was just amazing for the first half of the season 
I mean, but so so then to take us into more of a generalized Liverpool conversation, and based on what we saw in the Manchester United match, we're recording on Sunday. Uh, Roberto Firmino is a huge surprise <laughs> in a negative yeah. way, in yeah. that this guy has just fallen off a cliff, and is he taking Liverpool Football Club with him? Yeah, it. I really feel. I mean, you know, five goals and three assists. It, you know, that would not be. The the problem is we're now kind of in the second year of this, right? Um, you know, last year was this kind of weird thing. Where it was like, why can't he score at home any longer, right? And now you're like, yeah, and he can't really score. It's like every time he scores, it's like it's like a cause for celebration now. Like everyone's so relieved. Like, oh, thank yeah. goodness he needed that. You yeah, know, they're all and getting then, in line to yeah. pat him on the back like he's yeah. like he's suffering from dementia or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but you know, four blanks in a row, and those those four blanks in a row have coincided with with um them scoring, you know, one single goal, right? They scored uh one goal against West Brom. They have not scored in their last three matches. Um, they picked up two points from nine, and actually, that but yeah, in fact, it's three points from twelve because uh, they, you know, they drew at home to West Brom, they drew away to Newcastle, they lost away to Southampton, and they drew at home to Man United. Now, you know, this has all happened with you know, another player's obviously been a big surprise is, is Jota, who's been awesome, uh, was awesome, you know, until his knee injury. <laughs> Forgot about him, my God. Yeah, I mean, he was great, and like you know, I think that's it. Really, did make a a major difference, and. And, you know, and honestly, I mean, I think Klopp probably knows it, right? I think he probably yeah. knows that that Jota should be in that spot now. And I think, uh, um, you know, Jota was, was earning more minutes. I think they were they were playing together, Jota and Firmino. But I actually wonder if over time Jota would have just overtaken Firmino. For, yeah, for you, you move Salah or Mane into the middle and... Yeah. and- yeah, there, there it is or something yeah um so yeah i think i think he's up there i think trent uh is clearly one of the biggest disappointments too uh yeah you know i brought him in a couple weeks ago uh three weeks ago i guess on a, on a little bit of a punt and i mean i, I mean I, you know what it's not like it's gone hugely you know like it hasn't gone terribly i've gotten you've gotten a couple sheets. clean sheets from him. Yeah, yeah two clean sheets from three uh, you know, his price makes you feel like you should always be getting more, but I mean, I've gotten 14 points from in three matches out of him. That's, that's a, you know, whatever that is for, what is that? 4.5 points re- return or something like that, uh, you sure. know, per, per match. So, um, you know, not bad at all. Uh, but, um, at yeah. 7.3, you'd want more from that. Yeah. I mean, I could have had John stones, right? That guy scores a brace every, <laughs> every match. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I could have had Stones, I could have had Chilwell, um, I could have had Robertson. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, it's just like he can't, it's just not, he has no confidence, it feels like. It feels like he has, he does not just send it. He had a couple moments today. I actually thought he was a little better defensively today. I know it's become this kind of sport to talk about how poor he is defensively. And I mean, clearly he was awful in that Southampton match a couple weeks ago. But I thought he was a little better today. I thought he tracked back a little bit better. And I thought he had a couple of crosses that that were pretty decent too. Like he had a nice raking crossfield pass to, to Robertson at one point. And um, I was like, okay, this is like, this is a little more of what we expect from him. But, um, you know, I also think part of it is like, they are not winning free kicks right now. And I, you know, and I, I've just, I've been super hyper conscious of this having had Trent the last three matches that it used to, I don't know why it just feels like, it just feels like they're not winning free kicks at nearly the same rate they were before. And I'm not sure if that's um, like, if that's like a, I guess it's probably just a fluky thing and just, and just totally random, but uh, let me ask you this, Josh, let me ask you this. So 
aside from the New England Patriots or like the Michael Jordan era Chicago Bulls, what mm-hmm. you typically expect from a dominant sports team, and you look at Liverpool, who won the came very close to winning the league, wins the Champions League, then right. comes back to win the Premier League. Yep. What often happens with these elite teams is they there is an there is a quick drop off just because right. motivation is it's, it's less confidence and it's more motivation. Yeah. And I uh, not to slag these players off, but either you're a player who then wants you're you're an elite player who wants to move on to the next stage of your your career. Yep. Um, or you just can't believe you achieved this much. What left? What is left yeah. that you have to achieve? Yeah. Um, et cetera. So I, I think that's what I wonder yeah. about for Liverpool and how yeah. much of this first team is that sort of like died in the wool, kiss the badge yeah. sort of a player where they're just basically going to die in front of the cop because they love the club that much. Well, I don't think any of this can be really properly assessed because they lost the heart of their team in some ways in, in Virgil van Dijk. Yeah. And, um, that guy was allowed everything else to happen, right? He allows Trent to bump further forward. He snuffs out every attack. He restarts the attack, right? I mean, how many times have you seen Virgil van Dijk just shoot some ball into Sadio Mane or something (laughs) from, from midfield, right? Just like, you know, like on a, just like on a platter, right? You know, 35 yard pass. It's the ecological food chain, right? Like you eliminate the plankton from the ocean and then you see the ripple effect from the entire food chain. And suddenly you have like great, you know, sperm whales, you know, washing ashore dead because they have no food (laughs) source. Yeah. And, and, and Virgil van Dyke is like the plankton of Liverpool. (laughs) It's honestly, Without, without him, the food chain just disintegrates. It's a miracle that they didn't concede today. I mean, Man United probably should have come away from that match with like a 2 0 win. Yeah. I mean, right. did they, didn't you think? I mean, I thought they I, were. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 100%. Liverpool may have had more possession, the, but yeah. Much of the better chances for Manchester United, for sure. Yeah. Bruno, like. Uh, I, I, this, 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 this gives us entree into the Manchester clubs. Uh, yeah. So at the, at the risk of going for three hours on this episode, let's quickly move on and we can, we can <laughs> okay. talk about Bruno and his performance yeah. against Liverpool well, in a we'll, bit. But... Well, let's, let's flip them. Let's, let's, let's do Man United first. So yeah, okay. Bruno, yeah, Bruno has well, had a great match, but no, no fantasy returns. Yeah. And Bruno is, I think this is uncharted territory. Bruno is, Bruno is such a good fantasy asset that he's now reached that territory of Sala, where we're now having to put up with dry spells for Bruno. That's mm-hmm. how we know that Bruno is elite, that he is now having dry spells. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> um, uh, but um, I, I, Bruno is not a surprise. I think we expected this from him. I don't, I think for me, Luke Shaw actually might be the biggest <laughs> Manchester United yeah. surprise in that. Yeah. He has actually looked when he is played. And I think he's really locked in his starting position there. He has looked um, thus most solid, even beyond Aaron Wan-Bissaka as, as in, in, in terms of fullbacks in Manchester United. Yeah. Uh, had a great match today, uh, for sure. Um, he uh, really, really neutralized Salah. Um, yeah, I mean, 1.7% ownership, 4.8 million. You know, I, yeah. I guess there was a little bit of worry just because Alex Tellis came in, and and honestly, you know, he, Tellis got some starts too, um, but mm-hmm. uh, clearly did not, um, you know, earn his earn his. Um, I think what they've stay, what they've realized, you know, the team. Yeah, I think this is 
proven over the couple of seasons that Ole has been in charge where this club thrives when it has a certain level of stability. Yeah. And that's been their problem in central defense. But when Ole can just say like, okay, you're going to start. And I know we all know what we're going to get from you. Yeah. And Alex tell us he got his opportunity. He didn't deliver. Therefore uh, he's going to have to wait a little bit to that end. I do think McGuire is 100% the biggest disappointment in this club all season. Like he's been totally erratic in the middle <laughs> and, yeah. Man United cannot keep clean sheets despite their performance against Liverpool. And maybe this is like a, a switching of the gears and all that. But I think it like Bruno is all you really need to concern yourself with as far as <laughs> the attack goes. Yeah. Yeah. And McGuire is one of those players that's just like blocking us from investing in this defense. Yeah. Bruno is another karate kid type type player, right? He <laughs> yeah, another yeah. someone who was awesome who got even more awesome. Um yeah. Which has been a pleasant surprise. Um, all right, so Man City, we skipped over Man City. I, there, I mean, there's a lot to say about Man United. In some ways, these like bigger clubs that we don't need to go on as long about because we just talk about them in every podcast. But uh, Man City are interesting because they're a little bit like uh, Leicester, where you were a little disappointed with them, and then suddenly it's like okay, like everything is fine again, right? They just had to like grit out a few one nil wins and it's like, they they're basically going to win the, back. like we, what we know today is that yeah. Manchester city are going to win the league. So I would think if we so. resolved anything that that's happening. Yeah. I still think they have some, some concerns in the, at the forward spot. Uh, I think that's the one, I mean, Gabriel Jesus just, uh, just, you, I, I mean, like stinks. you could say, yeah, yeah, he kind of stinks, you know, <laughs> and you could say like, well, you know, they could, they can do it without him. And that, that is true. But when they've won the league, most years they've had, you know, I mean, Sergio Aguero has scored, you know, 20 goals. And what is it like? One, two, three, four, five, like five, you know, five seasons. He scored 16 yeah. last year, you know, and injured a little That's bit of time. Insane. Yeah. I mean, like this is not a team that typically goes without having a high scoring forward. And, and yeah. Jesus has really had his chance this year and has, has not done it. So. so guess what? This is the biggest surprise with Manchester City is they're going to win the league based on their defense. Can you imagine yeah. a more surprising thing yeah. to happen in the Premier League? And no. you look at Ruben Diaz is just fantasy gold right yeah. now. And, yeah. you know, this is not a surprise, but holy crap. Yeah. Invest in this defense now. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm totally. I mean, I'm really impressed with 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 Diaz. I'm, you know, Cancelo, little inconsistent. John Stones. Um, there's just a lot of ways in. I mean, I, I I think Cancelo probably. I still think. I know we talked about this in, on the free hit pr- preview podcast, but uh, the, you know, the Game of Eighteen podcast. But I, I still think he's got like a really big game in him. You know, like yeah. he's got some some match where he just like goes off and gets you know a goal assist and a clean sheet. Or, he's uh, got you know, a, a well, you, one might well. call it a Kyle Walker Peters level match. Yeah, KWP a Chilwell, a uh, <laughs> Nota Mendy. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, Robert Hoof. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think I think those players all um, qualify as as pleasant surprises. I mean, I, I think Diaz, uh, in particular, as far as disappointments go, I mean, yeah, you got you got Jesus, and I mean Raheem Sterling, right? I mean, he huge he disappointment. With, I yeah. actually picked him as Golden Boot winner in a preseason lottery, yeah. and he's well off it. Even yeah, though it, the, the free the free kick that he scored, <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. it was hilarious to watch. Uh, Ferran Torres 
and um, who else was lobbying to take that free Foden. kick? Because Foden at that point, like De Bruyne was off the pitch, like all of the all of the real players were off the pitch, <laughs> right. and it was just all these scrubs. <laughs> yeah, basically, Gundogan was off the pitch too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> one was off. It was all these scrubs being like, "Yo, dog, yo, it should be me that takes it. Me take it." And Raheem, like, bless him, was like, "Well, like, actually, I'm a veteran. I realize, like, I've been dog shit this season. But I'm going to take it." <laughs> yeah. And he actually, like, uh, yeah. uh, postage stamped it. Bless nice him, and easy. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe that changes things. It gets a little more confidence or, or something. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I sometimes I, this is one of those moments where you look at your squad in a game week and you're like, man, you know, Man City had a double game week with two home matches. I only had one player from that team. And you're like, if I had just had like some like moment of common sense, you know, this is like on the free hit where you're like, well, you just have the best, like the players in the best teams, right? It's like, just have, yeah. you know, like three Spurs, you know, obviously it didn't work out in the, in the Spurs case uh, with their de- defense. Uh, but um, yeah, they just have like a, they have a conceded goal in them like every match, don't they? That, that they Spurs do. defense. Yeah. I mean, they just, they don't have it. I mean, Eric Dyer stinks. And uh, I, why, why is Toby on the bench the last couple of games? But Mourinho, yeah. like the, it's like cancerous Mourinho is, is, everywhere you can't <laughs> hide from it it will find you and it yeah will, it will cripple I mean, you that Fulham game was was really peak late stage Mourinho right I mean you score one goal at Fulham very easily dominated the match and it's like the whole plan is just like I mean it's just crazy like I mean I guess they didn't do it in Sheffield United maybe they you know I mean that Berg are they not Bergvine the um uh, who scored the end of melee goal? It was ludicrous today. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, they're, they're high is, comedy that goal. Yeah. yeah their, their plan often seems to be like, get one goal and hold on for dear life. And you're like, why? Like, why? Like, why? You know, like you guys can score quite easily. Like this, King every, it's every so manager who brought on a third, fourth, fifth center back for the last five minutes of the game, only to concede a goal, just yeah. play. <laughs> there's a reason why all these dudes have like heart monitors strapped to them the entire match and like all this like just if they're gonna die if they're gonna keel over if they can't run anymore like the computer will tell you just let them keep <laughs> playing the way they're playing yeah yeah i mean I, yeah i mean clearly kane like they're, you know, that guy's just gonna play until he doesn't have legs you know so no legs. Um, that would be a sight to see that would be yeah it'd be like a money python all right um a couple more clubs to go here brennan newcastle MVP, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment. Uh, how about Callum Wilson just plugging right in and uh, and and doing doing a job? I think he's um, like, where would they even be without him? Right, like they're not they're not doing super great. But if they didn't have him, it would be grim right now. If they didn't have the truth, sure. But if they didn't have a player who, on this podcast, I some sometimes like to call Kyle Darlow. <laughs> I'll also call him by his real name, Carl Tarlow. Right. We were dumbfounded at the start of the season at how backup keeper backup keeper Carl Tarlow was priced at five point Yeah. Um, but he has performed like that. I he he has been shockingly great for them this season. The yeah. problem is is that Newcastle uh, are are bad, and yeah. Steve Bruce is out there in the streets slagging off his players, and it's probably the beginning of the end of this iteration yeah. of New Newcla- Newcastle. Yeah. I mean, they they probably will benefit from teams below them being worse I think, than them. I think, I think they probably will just enough. My, yeah. my biggest disappointment in this Newcastle squad has got to be Ryan Fraser because 
at the start of the season, I thought Newcastle really needs an identity. And I think that they have an opportunity with players like, like Miguel Amaron and yeah. Wilson coming in Sam and having like a pacey DeAndre Yedlin at fullback. This team was kind of built to be a fast team. And then yeah. they bring in Ryan Fraser, who has had it in him to play that way. And he's oh, yeah. been terrible. And basically uh, his red card just shot them in, yeah. in the foot against Sheffield yeah. United. Yeah. He had seven goals and 14 assists two years ago for, for Bournemouth. I mean, he was... Yeah. incredible player that season. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, in some ways, uh, St. Maximin's loss injury really hurt them too. Mm, I mean, that's a, so, yeah. So, which, which plays into that pace thing that I was talking about, which yeah. I, I can't believe I've forgotten about him. Like it, yeah. He's his, honestly, you know, for him, it's, it's really sad. I mean, he's, yeah. you know, I mean, he's honestly a COVID, um, you know, he's like, he just got hit so bad with COVID apparently that he, has not been able to play yet. And um, it just sucks. I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, honestly, it's one of those like, but not to, not to be that person, but it just like, it like puts things in perspective a little bit where you're just like, wow, yeah. like, um, you know, it's really, I mean, he could have gotten, even they weren't playing these matches, of course, but, um, but it's just, you know, in, in um, uh, the other player, um, uh, the defender, uh, Lascelles, Jamal Lascelles, he also had COVID and was out for several weeks. So, um, it's, just, it's just interesting. A lot of these uh, Premier League players have had COVID, uh, get it and are kind of fine, right? Mo Salah got COVID and then he scored like five goals in his next two matches, right? Like, didn't sure. make a difference. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But other players are just like ham, you know, hampered with it for a long time. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's 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 really too bad. So um, you know, we'll see we'll see what happens with Newcastle, uh, Sheffield United. Is there, okay. The question is: Is there a surprise? Is there a single player that you would say is has surprised you? McGoldrick is popping up like he McGoldrick. Mm. You have a you have a season like he did last season, where what he scored one goal, he scored yeah, two goals two. in the same match. I think. <laughs> yeah, in, in in a season in which Sheffield United were quite good, yeah. and uh, you think, oh my premier, my my chance at Premier League glory is is down the tubes, and here he is just trying everything he can to do the business for Sheffield United. So, mad props to him, but disappointments abound for this club. Yeah, Ramsdale. I said this on Twitter, Josh. Ramsdale is that guy who shows up for a job interview. You know, he comes from his Bournemouth job and he's like, all right, Sheffield United, here's what I can bring to the table. I am, I know Photoshop. <laughs> and then on the first day of the job, everybody's like, okay, so here are a bunch of Photoshop projects. He's like, well, I got to tell you the truth here. I, you know, I've just watched a YouTube clip on, <laughs> on uh, like, just yeah, like the like basics of Photoshop. Yeah, I actually yeah, don't know. Yeah. I'm not fluent in Photoshop. <laughs> like he's been terrible. And yeah. uh, beyond that, like pretty much everybody else has been terrible i I, maybe the biggest fantasy disappointment is uh, i think a lot of people listening will will have said oh yeah ryan brewster you know he's he's a big signing from liverpool yeah and he completely blew up (laughs) anyone who brought him in has uh, had been has been crippled fantasy wise ever since yeah still doesn't have a goal um uh, yeah on the season and yeah i think i mean yeah that entire defense has been pretty different john egan right now he's on a you know red card suspension uh or I actually think it's just yellow card accumulation. It's not, it's not regular, but regardless, he, uh, zero goals, zero assists, um, one clean sheet on their first night. I mean, this is a team that was you know, incredibly consistent defensively last year. And, uh, yeah. you know what? It's just, they had their one year. It's a little like when Huddersfield came up, 
right? Like Huddersfield stayed up for one year. Um, yeah. Yeah, Enjoy it feels it. Little, yeah, it feels a little different because it felt like Let Wilder it sink may in. Have, felt like Wilder may have been a real innovator, and now it just feels like eh, maybe just uh, you know. But they, they, don't, they don't really have the players. I mean, that's that's no, part of it too. They don't. You know, they don't. Yeah. yeah. Now they'll be locked in that mortal struggle of of like the the backroom staff will be like. How much do we really want to spend on totally you know, what January. is probably on, yeah. on like somebody with the last name of Fletcher to uh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do we want to bring on a 35 year old, you know, uh-huh. forward just uh-huh. to help out? Yeah. All right. Just uh, let South- it go. Southampton. Biggest surprise. I think this is an easy one. Shea Adams. Is he a surprise? I mean, come on. Like this is. Uh, Are you Shea Adams. Yeah. I'm, I'm not kidding. Like how? Tell me why Trey Adams has been a surprise. Well, I just think he's he's looked great. I think he's looked pretty good the entire season, and um, you know, it was his returns, four goals, five assists, uh, pretty reasonable. I think um, you know, I mean, that would average out to what eight goals and ten assists on the season for a six million forward. Uh, I feel like he's been really active, a pretty complete player in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. It feels like he. Yeah. Links up really well with the midfields. Um, I enjoy watching Shea Adams play, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with Shea Adams. I just think this is a season in which Shea Adams is delivering. It, it's it's every commentator who is like, okay, like that the goalkeeper saved that, but that's what he gets paid to do. That's a save that that goalkeeper should be making every time. And when I watch Chad Adams play this season, I'm like, okay, fine. This is what he actually, this is the level at which he should have been playing the whole time. Uh, so you're just never going to get over bringing him into your team. Are you Brandon game week one of the <laughs> of last season? It, it, it may be, it, it may be some bias, but come on, like <laughs> Southampton, Southampton had been a brilliant club this season. And if, if a club as good as Southampton have been, if a four goal scoring striker is a surprise to you, then I, I it's just not good enough for me. <laughs> I think War, I think Ward Prowse is, and, and and this is this is like apples to apples in a way, like yeah, like congratulations to James Ward Prowse on in equal right. levels as Chad Adams, but yeah. There is a certain level of stick to itiveness that I appreciate in James Ward Prowse, where he sort of he sort wow. of like hit the ceiling of mediocrity a couple of seasons ago, but he's just sort mm-hmm. of like driven enough to just like incrementally push that ceiling a little farther up. Yeah. So I I'm here to stand for James Ward Prowse. Okay, and I think maybe Vestergaard too. I think he could throw out there. Um, Injured right now, but three goals in the season. You always felt like he should have been scoring a little more, considering that he's you know nine he, feet tall. He was John Stones before John Stones was John Stones. Yeah, exactly. And he's just a ma- he's a massive you know uh, unit Viking you know of a man. Three goals and five assists in the season. Um, you know, it's just crazy. I mean, they had that you know annihilation um, at home to Spurs, um, which painted kind of a warped picture of their. Defense, sure. but their defense has actually been quite quite solid um, the entire season. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's too many disappointments here. Um, you know, I think uh, you know Ings. It's it's you know it's a bummer that he has been you know battling. Uh, well, no, he's got COVID, right? So he had he had an injury, and now and then he went from yeah. that to COVID. So it's just kind of a little snake bit. <laughs> when it's not the knees, it's it's the virus. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. He can't catch a break. Yeah, Walker Peters and McCarthy too. I think those. Totally. This is one of those. Yeah, it's one of those teams where there's not a lot, not a lot of bad to say. I think they've been pretty. Walcott, Walcott yeah. is kind of like <laughs> okay I mean, too, right? Yeah, yeah. He's 
yeah, he's he's kind of been terrible for for many a year, and he's he's not only really scoring a lot, but it feels like he's like involved. You know, <laughs> sure, it's yeah. like he's yeah, yeah. He's, he's not embarrassing himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, Spurs. Biggest surprise, wow. biggest disappointment. Well, this is a tough one. I started with my disappointment. Um, is is a guy like Bergwine who who is playing next to Kane and Son up front, like kind of as a part of a front three, yeah. doing as, as little as he is, is that is it kind yeah. of like saying, um is he like uh, George Harrison in the Beatles where you're like, actually like if Bergwine came out with a solo record, it would be just yeah. amazing. And I, and I would play it nonstop, but the yeah. fact that John Lennon and Paul McCartney are as good as they are, no one will yeah. ever talk about uh, Bergvine. Yeah. It's a little bit like, um, uh, Tielemans, you know, uh, had a few moments and then, and then it's like, he's got to like find his role or something Bergvine, right? Like it's not, yeah, I agree. If and you know, Lucas, actually, it's funny because you know they're having a pretty good season, obviously. But you look at the the team; there's actually quite a lot of disappointments. I mean, you have Gareth Bale; it's been super frustrating. Um, you have uh, Deli Alley, who basically like doesn't play anymore, but he's like mm-hmm. 23 years old. I mean, it's not like he's you know he's not it's not like he's 33 and at the end of his career. Um, you know, uh, I'm loving his yeah. facial hair though. Like he's that young, but now he looks like he's a hard boiled detective with that it's, like goatee that he's got going. He it's a pretty badass look. It's a weird thing because he looks him on the bench. And he, he seems like he's fine with it. You know, it's like a weird thing. It's like you know, Anthony Martial does, like gets subbed off in the 89th minute, and he like won't look at anyone in the eye. Right? He'll storm yeah. off and kick the chairs sure. as he goes. Sure. Uh, but <laughs> you see Deli Ali on the bench, and he's like, "This is fine." I'm good mm-hmm. over here. I'm enjoying the match. I'm having fun. It's this is a great game, thing. guys. Have you <laughs> watched this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if you need help, I'm happy to come. I mean, it's weird because like they've had anybody want water? They, water? Anybody? They've had matches where they've struggled to score. You know, and you're like, well, you know, Deli Alley had 18 goals and 11 assists a couple of seasons ago. He used to like, be the guy whenever Kane would, you know, blow his legs off for some stupid tackle yeah. that he would make. Deli yeah. Alley would come in and rescue them against clubs like Manchester City and. Yeah. And now he, yeah, it, it's so, it's so weird. bizarre. No goals or assists on the season. What a weird thing. Um, so yeah. And then Lucas Moore, I mean, really, honestly, everyone, but Kane and son, uh, from an attacking perspective have been, I mean, and belly doesn't really count, uh, because obviously he's a, you know, like a central midfielder, but, but, you know, box to box player, but I mean, he's actually been awesome. Like, you know, um, you know, when he, like it's you know, he's not a fantasy asset, but he's yeah. like a you know fun player to watch. Well, and it's the same for Hoyleberg. I think Hoyleberg is sure. the biggest yeah. surprise slash non fantasy. F- I mean, actually, That's like a good shout. I mean, I guess he's a fantasy factor in that he frees up players like Son and and Kane to to excel. Yeah, but I I remember when it's like when Jose signed Hoyleberg, I'm just like, well, this is just a vintage Jose signing, like just. He's just hiring somebody who will do whatever he's told to do and will never dissent in the locker room. But right. as it turns out, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was one yeah. of the best signings yeah. in the league yeah. this season, which is incredible. But uh, yeah. I think I think it's 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 obviously like a dead heat between Kane and Son in terms of um, Pleasance. 
consistent it, surprises. Yeah, I yeah. guess it's it's Kane. Kane has got to be the biggest surprise. Like I feel like there was never a let off for Son. Son yeah. has just kind of been doing his thing. But Kane has yeah. suffered through a couple of seasons where you think, did we see the best of him? Yeah, and he's successfully well, sort of come back. It's one of the reasons I justified making the Vardy move. Uh, so I thought I, I thought I would keep Vardy for the next two weeks, and then. Uh, my plan is to is to long term bring in uh, Harry Kane uh, because right. uh, he's just yeah I mean twelve goals and eleven assists on the season I mean he's already um, he has he has nine more assists than he had last season uh, with nineteen matches to go he is only sixteen total points away from from exceeding his points returns in the last from last season and he actually only had two points more than that the season before so he is set for a very like a real yeah. vintage Kane season. And he actually has four, he already has registered four more assists than he has in any season um, that he's played in the Premier League. So it's, yeah. uh, it's pretty remarkable uh, what he's, he would have scored a hat trick against Sheffield United had two big chances not come to his left foot instead of his uh, right foot. So uh, yeah, he was, he was, he was uh, wrong footed for the hat trick. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel like I got away with that one a little bit. I mean, there was really no way for me to have Kane in this match, but I feel like Son. Um, I got away with it only, only him only getting five points. I was um, that was yeah. that was a little nerve wracking. So right, be interesting, interesting to see how they look against Liverpool um, when they play him next week. All right, um, West Brom surprises and disappointments kind of a weird one there the promoted teams are trickier because you know can, can anyone really disappoint you on west brom when like there were no yeah. expectations i think what would disappoint us about west brom is just their defense as a whole and maybe you can pin this on johnston and it's kind of funny because johnston is their leading fantasy points getter but the i think the only reason fantasy managers looked toward west brom was like not a single attacking asset, but hey, their defense. If a team like West Brom is going to stand a chance of staying in the league, they're going to have to keep some clean sheets. Yeah. So the fact that they haven't done that is a big disappointment that Johnson, I mean, it, it goes without saying that the biggest disappointment about Johnstone is that he didn't even play in game week 19. But I, mean, I guess there's one more fixture to go. But on the flip side, the biggest positive sign has got to be agile or however i yeah agile i think is how yeah. you pronounce his name but he, yeah not, not he he is like positive. as as we were talking about earlier in the pod like that one defender who just happens to have his head in the right place at the right time more yeah. often than not yeah two goal two very nicely timed goals for west brom this season and an assist so yeah, so it's kind of a pleasant surprise for west brom yeah, I think I think he's a yeah, and it feels like they're like all in big matches too, right? It's like every time he scores, it's it's been like kind of an important goal, um, which is kind of you know it, really interesting actually. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the Man City, I guess it wasn't a goal; it was the assist in the Man City match. We ended up becoming a Diaz own goal, but that was effectively a goal from him, right? Yeah, I mean, it was, definitely. Yeah. Um, and so, and then Liverpool scores the goal, and then Wolves um, a goal as well, which is kind of interesting. I, I guess think it's a little yeah. it's a little skewed with Pereira, where Pereira is kind of billed as the Jack Grealish of West Brom coming up, and yeah, I think it you know his pen his brace in penalties in game week nineteen does skew the fact that I think he's largely been a huge wash. This season, he really totally. hasn't impacted this club at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, Diangano is another player, like where they signed him, and 
uh, scores in the second match of the season. And, you know, West Ham is like, like threatening like a player walkout, you know, because uh, they're so <laughs> mad that they let him go. And then he hasn't scored or assisted in any match since then. So, yeah. right, 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 right. All right. A couple more teams here, Brandon. Uh, two more teams. First, you opened yourself up to a perfect transition to West Ham, Josh. Take it. Yeah. Uh, West Ham, uh, they like Dean going to go. And Brandon, it has not mattered. West Ham have actually been a real pleasant surprise so far this season. They're top of the table right now. They're ninth place. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they've got – I was just trying to see how many – so they've, they've won their last two, and then they drew the, the two before that, right? So undefeated in four. Um, and I think, you know, as far as biggest surprises go, I mean, I think it has to be, um, Tomas Suchek. I mean, we all thought he was uh, an interesting and, 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 you know, fantasy asset worth considering, but for him to be quite so good, I think is a little surprising. Yeah. Classic player where you think this is a fluke and then he keeps doing the thing that you think is a fluke. And, you know, it's a matter of how long you can keep convincing yourself that it's a fluke. And yeah, it is, (sighs) I think I was likening it to Jamie Vardy. Like Jamie Vardy is an elite finisher. All you have to do is put the ball at his feet in the right yep. place. Basically put the ball on a platter and Jamie Vardy will finish it. Suchek is, is basically Jamie Vardy that who is just like much taller yeah. and he will do it only on set pieces, but you gotta love this guy. I like Suchak. I like Kufal. I mean, their signings have been awesome the last um, the last couple of seasons. I mean, yeah, Jared Bowen, a little frustrating, but you can tell that he's a good player. It just hasn't quite, you know, completely clicked yet for him. You know, I think is this? Yeah, I was, I was going to say it's another. It was just another case where, like, the fantasy from a fantasy perspective, he's been very frustrating. But you know, I feel like if you're a West Ham fan, you see how active he like he's doing good stuff. You know, it's yeah. just not really working uh, really, you know, I mean, as far as like goals and assists go at least, but he's, he's very aggressive. I mean, I feel like he's, you know, um, he's almost there. I feel like there's, there's good stuff with Bowen. All right. So uh, ahead of game week 19, bit of, you know, a lot of discussion about Mikel Antonio, which I found to, to be appealing. And uh, Antonio's delivered in the first half of the double. Good on him. Fantastic player. Yeah. Bad on Robbie Brady. I, I'm very curious about what the plan is here for West Ham up front because they just let go of Sebastian Allaire like it was nothing just like yeah. get, get out of here you, get get the hell out of here yeah they have no strikers they have no strikers you know Mikel Antonio is sort of a converted striker and he can do the job obviously he's done it before but they are they have to sign a striker in this window what does this mean yeah. for the like, – there's no way. Like they w- – Antonio will do his hammies like every other week. There yeah. there has to be an alternative plan. So what what's your prediction yeah. on what's going to happen with these guys? Well, I mean I guess uh, Odebeco is somebody <gasps> that they really like. Um, he's this Irish player that they that they signed. Um uh, Adamipo Adabeka. I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said I, I knew anything about him, but he's, uh-huh. <laughs> but I just know that like apparently Moise is very high on him, but um, yeah, I mean, who knows, right? It's, um, I, you know, it actually looks like he was part of the Man United youth system. Uh, so that's, okay. 
Uh, he actually sent, sent a con- okay, I'm, I'm literally reading his Wikipedia page. So this Go is for like it. Low, Go for low, it. It's low quality <laughs> FPL podcast content. But he um, signed his first special contact with West Ham in October 2019, rejecting the chance to remain at Man United because he felt his chance at first team football would be approved at West Ham. So he's actually been with the club for uh, like a season and a half now. Uh, so they feel very highly about him. He was on the bench um, for last week's match. I don't know. Maybe we'll see him start at midweek. There's some talk about maybe. But the, that's the thing is, like, I guess, like, how can you rest Antonio? Who is this guy? No one, okay, no one's you just play. read the Wikipedia entry, and you can't tell me. Okay, Allaire is kind of washed as he was in the Premier League. He's trying – every goal that he tried to score was a bicycle kick. Like, this dude – yeah, he, he he was kind of like a guy that you could put in and he'd do a job. Yeah. And you're going to replace him with a, an Irish player. Year old. Yeah. Never heard of know. like Ireland yeah. is not necessarily known for its its pedigree in the last decade or so. Like like Roy Keane was playing a long time ago. That's bizarre to me. I think it's very strange. And that's all I, mean, I have to say. You're not wrong. About I don't know what else. To, I, I have nothing else to, I can add. <laughs> What's um, the plan, Moisey? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is, I, yeah. I will close this by saying, let it be known. This mm-hmm. was the season that Aaron Cresswell became Aaron Cresswell. Yeah. He is the new Chilwell. I'm sorry, Chilwell. You had your 15 minutes of fame. Aaron Cresswell is the, is the new well. There is only ro- room for one well <laughs> in the Premier League. And it yeah. is no longer Chilwell. It is Cresswell. I think it, I actually really like it when Antonio scores, insisted by Cresswell, <laughs> assisted by Cresswell, because there's something about the name Antonio Cresswell that I really like. It sounds, mm, it sounds, sounds like a it sounds like a like, like a Regency romance. You know, like Antonio <laughs> Cresswell. Um, all right, so let's move on to our final club here, Brandon Wolves. Biggest surprise, biggest disappointment this season. What an up and down season for Wolves. It's been cheapers. It is it is a little bit like watching a, a car crash, watching wolves. And, and at some points, literally so, like poor Jimenez, like one Awful. of uh, – yeah. easily one of our – everyone's favorite uh, forward players in the league and a joy to watch. You hate to see that happen. Yeah. And just watching him miserably watch what's happen, happening to his team on the pitch when he can't play is kind of yeah. devastating. I think – it has opened up the door for Neto to be kind of surprising. You you, you kind of didn't know much about this guy when he came on last season, and he's shown enough to sort of step in as yeah as an attacking leader. But I think Roman Sace takes the takes the cake here, and I think it's been a bizarre journey for Sace through this season, in that he somehow got bombed out of the lineup by Kilman. And yeah. after after looking after Sace looked like one of yeah. the most elite defenders in the league, strange. Yeah. He had a couple bad matches uh, where he just he was a little shaky, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that must have been. I mean, there was that match, the Newcastle match, where he got that was actually like a, like a great parting gift from him, where he got subbed early. I don't know if you remember this, and then they conceded like eight minutes later. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think, um, yeah, but he's like the awesome, I mean, he's been pretty solidly back in that squad since game week 12 and, uh, yeah, and he just always there from attacking. So I was actually a little surprised he didn't get a, an assist in that West Brom match. I don't know if you saw that, that the goal that, that I think it was bullies, the okay. bully goal. Um, the bully scored two goals in that match. I, uh, I think he got a goal and an assist because goal and assist, right? it was, was it an OG ultimately for, uh, 
I, I can't remember. I, Oh, I'm not Chicago. reserving yeah. a lot of brain yeah. space for Wolves West Brom. <laughs> yeah, well, regardless, I mean, he's he's extremely active in the box. He's, he had a, a beautiful header, uh, the one that he scored. Um, God, what match was that? Uh, this podcast is it's getting too late, but I think it was I think it was the Spurs match uh, where he scored that beautiful glancing header um, from a corner kick in like the 90th minute. And we loved it, Josh. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, he's he's a fun player. To they watch. loved it. Yeah, as far as disappointments go, I think um, uh, you know Traore. Uh, I think it's got to be uh, the pick. Eh? He's, yeah, it's you know, true. He's, yeah, you were hoping he'd build on last season, and he's. I I don't know. I mean, they just shouldn't have let. Uh, they stopped playing with a back three, and yeah, they should they, not have sold Doherty. Yeah, they should because, not have sold Doherty. Well, they shouldn't have sold him for the mere fact that they replaced him with Semedo, who was just. Tomato might be your disappointment. He's been, disapp- he's been very disappointing. And yeah, I think, uh, and Doherty, I mean, has not done well at, at Spurs. I mean, it's like, it's like, yeah, you, you must wish in January, he would just go back on loan. You know, <laughs> let's, let's reverse this guys. <laughs> yeah, like let's undo yeah. it. <laughs> all right, Brandon, that is all 20 teams. That was, that was a fun discussion. I think, uh, it was see, a romp. Think, Josh. Yeah. I think I said it was gonna be an hour and 30. I think we went even longer than that, but it, I enjoy, uh, I mean, hopefully it was fun to listen to. Uh, but I, I just, it is kind of, I think useful sometimes to look at every team and just, and just ref, like, it's like, give, it's like, give yourself like a little bit of like a brain scrub, you know, and just, and like, cause <laughs> yeah. sometimes I think you have like, I know if I'm speaking personally that I have some very set opinions sometimes on, on players and, uh, you're stubborn, or even, Josh. You're even just on teams. Yeah, you're even worse than I am, by the way. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah. you know, it'd be hard, it can be hard for me to change my opinion. Sometimes it's just like like looking across the board gives you, a, you know, slightly new perspective. So, um, you know, so like it, w- it was just impossible for us to do a standard podcast this week with, um, you know, with matches happening the next four days. Like, what were we going to preview game week 20, you know, with seven matches to go? It just didn't make get any out sense. Of here. Yeah, no, get we're out not going to do that. Come on now. Yeah. All right, guys. So if you like what you hear, Josh and I love bringing this FPL content for free on this podcast every week. If you want to say thanks and in return, get more fantasy content. And this is not just like, who do I pick? What do I pick? This is a slack full of hundreds of fantasy managers talking about their fantasy teams, their favorite cheeses, their favorite TV shows. And also what's going on in other leagues around the world. I really enjoy hanging out with our Patreon supporters. Also at the higher tiers, you can get swag like T-shirts and whatnot. And you get an extra podcast full of Josh and I chit-chatting and also chatting with other guests every week. So find us at patreon.com slash always cheating. And every week we've got to thank our elite Patreon supporters at the producer level. Josh, thank those producers. I will. Trevor Angerson, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T, The Big Gaffer, Baba Scoop. By the way, Trevor just said he's doing a uh, Lord of the Rings rewatch. I wonder if I've inspired. I I know I inspired somebody else because somebody else mentioned on the Slack. So, uh, yeah, let let us know if you've been inspired to watch Lord of the Rings after all our talk the last few weeks. Uh, Brian T, The Big Gaffer, Baba Scoop, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson. Mike DiPietro, Travis West, Victor Forberg, Scobank, Victor Forberg, Skogang, Paul Herzig, Kaya Christine Lelang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsay Rostell, Anton Markoff, at FBL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Karen Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Chris Howell, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Yuang, Bruce Kerr, Nicholas Vernadakis, Sam Shower, Will Husby, Rich Evans, Bobby Styles, and Future Media Group, FBL. 
God, I want to know more about the future of FPL. <laughs> hit us, yeah. hit us yeah. up on the DMs, Future Media Group, FPL. All right. And never miss an episode. Subscribe to Always Cheating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, wherever it is that fine podcasts are found. Follow us on all great social media platforms. Email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. All this information and more is on our website, alwayscheating.com. Josh, Game Week 19 isn't through with us yet. I'm glad. I need more <laughs> matches. Right the ship. Uh, all right. I'll talk to you soon, Brandon. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.